Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of LifePoint Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, check out lpcvan.com forward slash youth. Merry Christmas! What is going on, citizens? Merry, Merry Christmas! I said Merry, Merry Christmas! Man! Rumor, rumor has it that it is the most wonderful time of the year. You've heard that before? I've heard that. I, um, it's kind of a bummer. My grandma, I don't know if you guys heard about my grandma yet, but um, yeah, say a prayer for my grandma. She got run over by a reindeer. So, um, man, but seriously, uh, have you guys been outside lately? <laughs> Baby, it's cold outside, all right? Man, just want to wish you guys Merry Christmas. And a happy new year. Yeah. Nothing? Come on. That's like, I literally pictured that in my mind. Like, you guys would be rolling with a Christmas. No? All right. Merry Christmas. As you see, it is Christmas at Citizens. All right? And so, when we were thinking about, when we were planning on what should make this season special, what should make Citizens so special this season, we thought of one word. Tradition. Tradition. How many of you guys have that favorite Christmas tradition? How many of you guys have traditions? What are they? Come on, tell me. You, you eat cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning. On that cue, bring out the cinnamon rolls. I'm just kidding. I know, I know. We will have hot cocoa, though, after the gathering. What are some traditions? You decorate the house, the gingerbread house, or the real house? The real house, of course, of course. Other traditions, yeah. How many of you open a present on Christmas Eve? Heretics. Heretics. Do you, pick, do you get to pick the gift you open? But what if you just pick the biggest one? All right. Other, other traditions. Other traditions. Me and my bro, we wake up at like 2 a.m. and we just check out our stocking. No, you don't. 2 a.m.? Santa Claus isn't even out of my house at 2 a.m. He's still, yo, 2 a.m. I like that. Traditions, yeah. You know what else starts with one? The word one upper. Love it. Traditions. Decorating the Christmas tree. My family, we didn't decorate the Christmas tree. We danced around the Christmas tree. You know what I mean? Like I see, I see these families on Instagram that it's like, here we go. We're hanging the ornaments. Me and my family, we were like dancing around the Christmas tree. You know what I'm saying? It was like rock. We were like rocking around the Christmas tree, some would say. Yes. Yeah. Other, other traditions, all day, dude, all day. Other traditions, yeah. I stalk Santa forever. You wait for Santa, right? I waited for Santa once and no more because I saw him kissing my mom. It was so weird. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to stop, am I? Yeah, tradition. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So what we want to do this year, what we want to do this year, we want to start a few of our own citizens' traditions. How many of you are in middle school? Middle school. See, that means you have like a lot of years left with us, right? And so we want to start traditions that by the time you're a senior, you go, dude, I love Christmas at Citizens. Senior, where are my juniors, seniors, junior, seniors, a few sophomores. All right, you have like, 
you still got a lot of time with us, man. We got all year. And so we want to do things that will still make this season special for you. And so a few of those traditions, as I show you here, we are starting, we are starting, oh, just kidding. I got it. We're starting the citizen's Christmas ornament tradition. And so I want you to look at these trees. What's missing from these trees? Ornaments. Do you know why they're missing? Because here's what we're going to do. Starting next week, you have three weeks. Everybody say three weeks. You have three weeks to go out and find the perfect Christmas ornament. You're going to buy it. You're going to bring it. And over the next three weeks, you can decorate our trees. And then... On December 20th, at the Citizens Christmas Party, which our student leaders put on right here, and we get out the runway, we're gonna have the Ugly Sweater Christmas Fashion Show, right? At that party, at that party, you are going to approach the tree, and you get to take home a Citizens Christmas ornament that will say, Citizens Christmas 2017, and they're yours, right? That's just one, one, one of our traditions. Later today, we'll begin our Christmas sing-along with our candles. That'll be part of our tradition. After the gathering today, meet me at the back for our hot cocoa bar, all right? A little, little Mary. Not Mary like, Mary, did you know? Because she did. Um, but like Mary, you know, festivities. So I want to talk to you guys about another tradition, though. I want to talk about another tradition. It's an ancient tradition. People were doing it thousands upon thousands of years ago. And back in the Old Testament days, back in the Old Testament days, they had a tradition. Yearly, right? Perhaps even a couple of times of year, depending on where they were, there was this tradition that all of Israel would go on a journey through the desert and they would travel to Jerusalem. Tradition. There was this tradition where they would stop everything they're doing. They go, yo, come on, come on. They get their family and they get their friends and they get in the, I guess they didn't have a van. It was like a caravan, right? And they're going, and they're going and they say, stop everything because we are going up to Jerusalem. We are going up to the city that is in the hills. We are going to ascend the hill and go to Jerusalem because what's in Jerusalem? The Lord. The Lord is in Jerusalem. The Lord is in his temple. And so we are going to see our Lord. We are going to see our hope by doing our tradition of going up to Jerusalem. Everything I need, my God, my salvation, my hope is in Jerusalem. And so for the next three weeks, we're gonna invite you guys to come on a journey with us. And we're going to ascend to Jerusalem. We're going to go on a journey for the next few moments, even tonight. We're going to go on a journey up to the hill. We are going to ascend the hill and go up to Jerusalem. And now in your Bibles, I want you to open up to the book of Psalms. How many of you know what the Psalms are? It's basically like their songbook, right? It's their collection of, of hot bars, as some of you youths would say. These are some of the banging songs as others would say, perhaps you'd even call it a slap, yes. a slap. <clears throat> and so out of all of these slaps, there's a particular collection of Psalms called the Song 
of a sense, okay? And so from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134, it's like, there's like a, it's like an album, if you will, okay? If the Psalms are all the different albums, there's this one album, it's 14 tracks long, all right? 15 tracks, 15 tracks long. And what they would play this album only one time a year, similar to your Christmas album. They would only play it during that time that they were going up to Jerusalem. And so as we are going on a journey up to Jerusalem, I want us to read together one of these songs. Are you ready? So I want you to stand with me. Stand to your feet, please, for the reading of God's word. And we are going to read out loud together. That means that while I'm using my voice, you use your voice, okay? We're gonna read out loud together Psalm 121. Are you ready? Here we go. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your very life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Forevermore. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Father, for Christmas. Thank you for this community of students, Lord, who are hungry to learn the Bible, not so that they can be brainiacs, not so that they can answer trivia questions, but because, God, they want to know you. And so, Lord, as we open up your holy word tonight, as we celebrate the coming of your son during this Advent, Christmas season, would you speak to us? Would you speak to us, Father? Quiet our minds quiet our souls so that we don't keep your word at arm's length distance. Help us to receive it, to think about it deeply, Lord, to internalize it so that we can overflow in songs ourselves, so that we can sing our own songs of praise and thanksgiving to you because, Lord, you are our hope. We love you, Lord. We look forward to being more like you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Title of my message tonight is Keep It. Keep It. There are a lot of things that we keep, right? You can keep your word if, you're, if you have integrity, right? You can keep your promises. Some of you guys are, are really good at keeping secrets, right? And so you talk to people, say, hey, can I tell you a secret? And promise me that you will keep it. We keep all sorts of things in our lives. You guys in middle school and high school, you keep things that people give to you. They're called gifts. No, no, this is yours. No, no, I want you to keep it. Perhaps you borrow something from your friend. Maybe you slept over and you borrowed her, her shoes or her dress or dudes. You borrowed a pen. And sometimes we keep things that aren't ours, right? Guys don't borrow clothes. That's weird, right? Can I borrow your pen, bro? Promise you won't keep it. We keep good company. Sometimes we meet friends and we say about them, you know what, that person, he's a keeper. We have keepsakes, things that we hold on to for memories that help us remember the good times. There are all sorts of things that we keep, but tonight's Psalm, the one that we just read, asks you this question. While we keep all of these different things, the question for you tonight is who keeps you? Who keeps you? 
Who keeps you? There's these moments, right? And if you're in middle school and high school, it's called Tuesday um, and Wednesday and Thursday, right? There's these moments, there are these days, friends, where we are so aware that we are not enough. You know what I'm talking about? There's those days that you're like, if I was left to depend on me, if all I have in this life is me, if I'm the only one looking out for me, I don't really have a chance. I don't think that if I'm the only one holding out for me that I'm gonna make it very far. There are these moments, guys, where don't, don't give me that look where you're like, not me, I'm self-sufficient. There's these moments where you realize where you're alone at night and you're laying on your bed and you realize to yourself, dude, like I need something bigger. I need someone stronger. I need someone to watch out for me. And as much as we would like to say that I'm good, as much as you would like to say that I can do it on my own, I'm okay. You know that you're not. And it's hard to admit it because we live in a culture that is constantly celebrating and promoting this reckless independence, right? Dude, you can't do it on your own? You can't do it on your own? Are you weak? What a joke. You're soft. You can't do it on your own? And as much as you would like to think that you can, when you're being honest with yourself, you admit it. I know I should be able to handle this, but I can't. And so in those moments, the question for you is who is keeping watch over you? Citizens, who keeps you? Who keeps you? Look at verse one. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? This dude is traveling through the desert, right? And imagine, he's got his caravan and they're traveling. And, and as he travels, he's looking up, he's looking to the hills. Maybe he even sees Jerusalem off in the distance. And then out of nowhere, right? And you're like, maybe the author's in middle school, right? Maybe the author's in high school. Out of nowhere, he just has this moment of insecurity going, wait a minute, who helps me? Wait a minute, like, I don't know if he's looking at the hills. I don't know if the, if the world seems bigger at that moment. I don't know what's going through his mind, but all of a sudden the question comes to his mind, am I safe? Who keeps me? As I'm on this journey, am I going to be okay? This is a thought that has occurred to all of us. Who is watching over me? What's the source of my, of my help and my hope? Anybody have these moments of insecurity? Not me, Sam. I'm the most secure guy around, right? Like, honestly, can we, like, it's Christmas time. Can we just be vulnerable for a moment, right? Can we just be soft like a Christmas tree? Can we just, you ever have those moments of insecurity? Maybe you're watching television, right? And, and maybe you're, you're watching the news and something happens somewhere in the world and you go, man, I would never show this side of vulnerability in front of like my friends. But to be honest, I'm kind of scared. Maybe you hear about something going on in the high school next to you. Whatever it is, there's these moments where you realize how big the world is and you start to wonder, from where does my help come? Am I, am I safe, honestly? What keeps me? Am I alone to fend for myself? Am I gonna make it? Someone who is helping me. And I love that this question is in here. I love that the Bible leaves space for such emotional thinking, Right? It doesn't only leave space, it gives us inspired examples of emotional thinking. You're like, dude, I'm emotional and I thought that was bad if I'm a Christian. It's okay. 
right? Like emotion is part of our experience of our faith. Being emotional, we we don't want to rely on emotions. We don't want to be fully emotional. But as a human being, as an emotional being, there are these times in your life, right? Maybe it's called Tuesday, whatever it is. And you have these thoughts that flood your mind. I don't know. I don't feel safe. Am I safe? Who's got me? I'm aware of how insufficient I am. Do I have any help? And I love that the Bible doesn't shame you students, right? You're so emotional. Why would you even think that way? Why would you ever let fear come into your mind? There's space for that. It doesn't shame you. It doesn't just cut you short in your mental processing. Well, you know the answer to that. Why are you even thinking like that? There's space for emotion. And then after that space is given, comes the beautiful truth that meets you on that emotional level. And it says, hey, you know what? I hear you. Here's the answer. And the answer hits him in verse two. He says, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. It hits him, right? He's walking, he's looking up to the hill and he says, you know what? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. My help isn't on the hill. My help made the hill. Oh, wait, my sense of security, my hope, my strength. Oh my gosh, it's the one who made it all. The creator keeps us. The creator, oh my gosh. The creator, the one who made everything, including me, the one who made the hills. The creator, he watches over me. He's my help. And in that moment, right, of maybe the world felt so big. Maybe his emotions of fear were overwhelming. Maybe he was being suffocated by going, man, does anybody see me? And in that moment, all of those fears evaporate as he realizes the creator of all of it, the creator, the creator God, he's helping me. He's my help. He knows that the creator keeps him and it makes us ask the question, who keeps you? Who keeps you, students? Well, my parents, obviously, I'm safe. No, like... Your parents are other human beings. Do you realize that? Wait, what? My parents can't keep me safe forever? No, you're gonna go to college one day and they won't be there. Who keeps you? In those moments of instability, in those moments of insecurity where you you feel scared or whatever emotional thought comes through your head, in those moments, what do you look to? What do, you, what do you depend on? What do you reach out to that says, this is, this is watching over me. This is my help. This is my source. Is it other people? In those moments when you're fearing, what do you reach out for? You reach out for your phone? You reach out to text someone? You reach out to call someone? What do you depend on? Is it a substance? Is it an activity? Is it social media? Whatever you lean on to maybe numb those feelings and make them go away. Every single one of you will be looking either to something that's created or to the one who's created. Who does the creating? Either the creator or the created. What do you look to? Who keeps you? Sam, that's a good rhetorical question. That's great. I'm sure other people will enjoy that. I'm just gonna step my way now. No, no, think about it, students. Who keeps you? Who are you relying on to watch over you when there's no one else around you, when there's nothing else that you can do when you're at the end of yourself? Who keeps you? You. 
So he has this emotional question, right? Man, that was an epiphany, huh? Good job, author. He has this emotional question, but then this answer, students, this answer, the, the realization that the creator keeps you, it's so beautiful, it's so overwhelming that he cannot help but express it in song, all right? Anybody like that? How many of you guys express yourself through pictures or art or something like that? Wow, a lot of you, okay. You're like, I have an alternative Instagram account just for my artwork. That's a new thing I've just learned. How many of you guys have that? Yep, one, two, three. Never mind, nobody does that, I guess. Um, but for those of you who express yourself through, through uh, maybe words, word pictures, right? He doesn't sit here and say, oh, God is my helper. So point number one, God is strong. Point number two, God is mighty. Point number three, I like it. He's like, this is a song. He's about to drop a dope album. He said, so look what he says. He says, you want to know what it feels like? You want to know what it feels like to trust in our creator to keep us? What can I compare it to? Yo, drop the beat, right? And he jumps into the next verse here. You're laughing because it's good or you're laughing because it's not good? I'm insecure right now. All right, good, good, good. Thank you, thank you. I worked on that all week, right? He says, you want to know what it feels like? You want to know how it makes me feel when I realize that the creator of the universe has me? Let me tell you. Look what he says. He says, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. It doesn't even rhyme. So bad. He says, you want to know what it's like? It's like, it's like I'm climbing, right? He, he's looking for pictures. He goes, it's like I'm climbing. Last week, or I guess this was two weekends ago, me and, and Jared and, and Chris Haney, we went on a, a little hike, a beacon rock, right? And you look at these views here and you go, whoa, usually the clouds are above me. Why am I eye level with the clouds, right? Anybody been up there, beacon rock? Yeah, in the gorge and there's some high sights, right? And I'm, I'm walking and I look at this. I look at this and I go, wow. My first thought was, wow, what a beautiful view, right? The next thought was, that little rickety bar is standing between me and my death. You know what I'm saying? You're looking at this trail, you're looking at these sights, and you're like, dude, I, I would be really concerned about where I placed my foot. I would be super concerned about whether or not my feet would slip or my balance or, or whatever would cause me to stumble because I would be done if it were not for the bar. And so because there is a bar, there was like this really weird phenomena. I'm hundreds of feet, nay, thousands of feet up in the air. I have no idea. I was just, dude, I was in like ouch zone, right? It doesn't matter if you're 30 feet or 3,000 feet. If you fall, you're dead, right? Oh, I've hiked 3,000 miles up. I don't care, dude. I hike 30 feet. If I fall, you fall. We're both the same. It doesn't matter, right? You're no more braver than I, right? You being up here right now. Come on. And so there's this weird thing. Even though I am super high up there, even though I could die with a one wrong step, I wasn't scared. As a matter of fact, we did something some would call reckless. After we hiked to the top, I, I think our testosterone was like in such full force that we go, dude, I'll race you down. And at first it was one of those things, dude, you know how it is, boys. Girls are like, guys are so dumb, right? And the boys are like, oh yeah, <laughs> right? We do this thing where we go, I'll race you down. And we kind of just laugh, right? And we're all of a sudden, they're like, 
We just start walking. We're like, yeah, that'd be dumb, right? And we're just kind of walking. But then I kind of like walk in front of him. And before you know it, we are full-blown sprinting down the mountain, right? And so here it is. I'm in first place. I'm literally sprinting down the mountain, but there's these zigzags. So what I'm doing is I'm sprinting and I can't stop. Otherwise, I'll die. I'm putting my hand out. I promise you, I'm not kidding. Ask Chris and Jared. I'm putting my hand out, catching it, jumping up and swinging around. Full speed. I'm sprinting and I just grab it. And the only thing keeping me from going off the edge is the fact that I'm holding on and swinging like a cartoon, right? And so I'm going, Chris is in last place. He's just like this engine coming, right? And then Jared, Jared is like as light as a feather. So he's coming up behind me and we're running and we're zigzagging. So there's no way he can pass me because he's behind me. Unless as I'm going and approaching the rail, he slips under the rail. He jumped down a whole level to get down to the bottom. I was like, oh no, he did it. And so we're doing this reckless thing. And it wasn't until I went back. Oh, you're like, what happened to Chris? Chris, <laughs> yo, no joke. Chris came like 10 minutes later down the hill, but it was the same like speed the whole time. I go, because he has like a knee situation. So I thought he was going to stop. I go, oh, you must have take a break. He goes, dude, once you get 240 pounds moving, there's no way you're stopping it. I was like, I was like, runaway train, right? And so it wasn't until I went back and looked at this picture that I go, why were we doing that? We could have died. All for like, I forget, I think the bet was like, the loser treats us to Chick-fil-A. That was guts and glory and chicken, right? Why did we do that? Why did we not have the slightest concern about where we put our foot down? It's because there was a rail there. And the psalmist, as he's dropping these beats, he says, you want to know what it's like to have complete trust in the creator to keep me? It's like you're climbing and you know that the creator is the one watching over you. And just like that bar, he will not let your foot be moved. This is so deeply reassuring. It gives me this sense of security. I'm not living my life going, oh man, can I fall? Oh man, I'm so nervous. I'm not living with a constant state of instability and insecurity. Why? Because just like on the mountain, something's got me. Something is watching over me. I'm good. What's the worst that could happen? And you know why? Do you know why God gives us so much stability? Do you know why God is so comforting in the fact that he's watching over us? Because he doesn't sleep. Look at verse three. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. <laughs> You're like, this is a weird verse. It's not. It's really not. In the ancient days, pagans, in their doctrine... <laughs> I'm not making this up. In their religion, they left space for their pagan gods to sleep. You know that? Like in their doctrine, you're like, is it eight hours or full nine hours, right? Whatever it is, there was room. Pagan gods, they understood that sometimes their gods had to sleep, right? You don't expect them to rule the world and to keep 24 hours office hours, do you? Come on. And so if their prayers didn't work or if something happened to them, they, they weren't like, oh my gosh, my God's not real. They would go, oh, he must have been sleeping. Dude, where's your God at, man? You're, you're stuck in a ditch. Nobody's here to help you, huh? Oh, no, no, it's cool. He'll be here any minute. He's just sleeping. He just went down for the night shift. And so this verse here is so powerful because he goes, no, God, like God's awareness of you, his watching over you, his keeping watch of your soul, he doesn't sleep. 
There's never a moment where God is not attentive to you. Do you understand that? There's never a moment that you're going down the cliffs of life or that you're being foolish in life. There's never a moment that he's taking his eyes off of you. He sees you. And that, students, should give you so much security. That should give you so much hope. The creator doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't take rest. He doesn't need time off of the clock. His strength is everlasting. The Lord's awareness keeps us from falling. The Lord's awareness keeps us from falling. Some of you may know from social media, or I think I talked about this in the academy this past Sunday, um, but my wife is in the hospital right now, okay? Um, My wife is pregnant, and so a couple of weeks ago, um, she had some symptoms. My wife started bleeding, right? Um which is never a good sign when you're pregnant. And so we were 22 weeks, or just under 22 weeks. We were about to be 22 weeks, and we go into the hospital, and lo and behold, there's a chance we could lose our baby. And so we're in the hospital, and they're like, all right, you need to stay still. We need to stop the bleeding. And so that, we we don't want to have an emergency C-section. We don't want to have to take this baby out to save your life. And so I'm sitting here, and I'm like, I literally have the choice. Like, the doctors are talking to me going, hey, like, you could either, like, it's either save the baby or save your wife in those situations, right? Like if she's bleeding, you could be like, oh no, wait, let's see what happens. But she could lose too much blood. It's just, it's a mess. And so we're having conversations that we don't want to be having. And so she, she stops bleeding three days later. She's doing good. Two days later, boom, she's back in the hospital. We think, all right, maybe we'll get to leave. She has another episode of blood. Before we know it, they're like putting the cuffs on her. And they're like, you're not leaving this hospital until the baby comes. So my wife right now is in Portland. Hi, babe, right? She's probably watching. Everybody say, hi, Jordan. Yeah. And so she's in the hospital right now and um, she's doing good. I I think we're doing good, but um, it hit me. I'm a doer. You know, how many of you are doers? Like, dude, let me just do something, right? Let me fix it. Just, I don't even know. I'm the kind of guy that it's like, if the car is broken and the mechanic is out there, like fixing it, I'm standing behind him just like, yeah. Just, I can't just walk, I can't just sit still. But you know what you can do when your wife is in the hospital and you can't stop the symptoms and you can't like fix it or make her feel better? You know what you can do? Nothing. You know what you can do when the doctor is like, hey, we're just gonna see what happens. And like hypothetically speaking, this baby may be born tomorrow and then you have a lot of difficult choices to make. You know what you can do in that moment? Nothing. And over the last couple of weeks, I've come to the end of myself in a way that I very seldom do. And I'm reading the psalm. And I realize that no matter the outcome, no matter what happens to my wife in that moment, no matter what happens to the baby, he will not let my foot be moved. Like no matter the sad outcome, no matter a happy outcome, nothing will shake the stability of my life. Because what I'm looking to, what's keeping me is not happy circumstances. What's my rock, the thing that I'm standing on is not situational um, joy. What holds me is something that's even deeper than my circumstances. It's the creator of it all. And so no matter what happens, even in the next few weeks, no matter what happens, students, I have comfort, I have security in knowing that the Lord is my keeper and he will not let my foot be moved. 
Does that mean everything happens great? No, it means that no matter what happens, there's still a security and a stability to your life. Do you have that stability? Who keeps you? Whatever the, the, the heaviness is of your situation, whatever the circumstances are of your young lives, I'm not naive enough to think, oh, you guys haven't faced real life yet. Wait till you get older. I know, guys, I was there. I know how it feels to be a teenager who people demean your feelings and people go, oh, you just don't know, man. It's not even that big of a deal. It's a big deal, right? Maybe a few years from now, you look back and go, oh, that was silly. But in the moment, it feels like a big deal, right? And in those moments, you have to ask yourself, who keeps you? Who keeps you? Students, if the Lord is your keeper, his awareness will keep you from falling. You know what else it's like? Like, you know what else it's like to have the creator as your keeper? Do you know what else it's like to have the one who made everything in this world watching over you and keeping you? You know what else it's like? It's like, what can I compare it to? It's like, um, drop the beat, drop the beat, drop the beat. It's like verse five here. Check it out, check it out. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. He says, what can I compare it to? Like having the Lord have my back, it's like I'm traveling. It's like I'm traveling on this road up to the hill and he's my protection. See, you guys don't know what it's like to travel in those days because this is what you guys picture. You're like, oh, we're going on vacation. Yeah, family road trip, right? How many of you guys in the last few months, family road trip? Anybody? Okay, nice. Look at you guys. How many of you guys took a family road trip to the grocery store? That's my trip, right? I'm like, mom, how come we never go on vacation? She's like, everybody in the car now. We're going to Walmart. <laughs> I don't want to go to Walmart. Oh no, you complaining now? Oh, now we're going on a trip, right? I'm like, all right, I won't complain anymore. That's a true story. You thought I made that up to be funny. That's a true story. <laughs> Dang, man. Brutal. You guys go on a road trip and it's like, all right, get in the car, right? Get in the car, we're gonna go. And you go on a nice drive and you see the sights and you have your nice air conditioner. You're like, mom, can I bring the DVD player? Sure, son, right? <laughs> Traveling is so easy these days. We used to have to bring this little travel-sized checkerboard. <laughs> Try playing checkers on the road. Like, did you just move your piece? No, it was the road. Are you cheating right now? They're like, literally this piece, right? So then they try to like upgrade to the magnet pieces, right? But then you couldn't move them without like, because they're so small, it's so like your whole hand is moving the whole board. You know what I'm saying? You guys first, never mind. <laughs> so you travel on the road and then you go stay at a nice hotel, right? You're like, dude, I love traveling. In those days when you traveled away from the security and stability of your home, of your village, it looked like this. You weren't like, oh, wow, look, the sun's out today. We're gonna get a nice tan. Now you're like, oh, shoot, the sun's out today. I think I may die of thirst. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, traveling in those days, like this was a scorcher in Israel, traveling on the road. I've been to Israel, right? And <laughs> why am I gonna tell this story? But I am. We went to Israel and it was like seven different colleges. And this is my first taste of the Northwest because uh, I'm from the Northeast. And so it's like all this, dude, I, I wish I could make this up and I can't. All the schools uh, start showing up because we, we met um, at a hotel in uh, Tel Aviv. And uh, no, uh, uh, Jordan, what's the capital of Jordan? Jordan. 
to Matt, uh, I don't know. We met at an airport over there, right? They didn't speak English. And so we're there and we're showing up and all the schools are arriving because we all flew out of different parts of the country. So we're here, we're from the Northeast. We're the North Point Bible College, Southeast, the Floridians start, show up, the Texans show up. You know, we had like two people from Minneapolis, right? They were like, dude, it's too hot over there for me, right? They're in the North Central. And then the Northwesterners showed up <laughs> and my wife nailed it. We go, why are they so weird? Like, why do they look so out of place here? Because they all showed up like they were going on a photo shoot in the desert. Like, I was just like, what is it? I can't tell if I love their style or if I hate them and want to punch them in the face. Like, what is it about the students from Northwest? And my wife, she wasn't my wife at the time, not yet. And she's sitting there, she goes, it just hit me. And we all go, what? She goes, they all look like they are ready for a photo shoot in the desert. They were in like their bright neon short shorts. They look like they're straight out of a model catalog, right? And I was like, I don't think they read the handbook, right? Because we all look broke. You know what I'm saying? We got like so much sunscreen on that it's like still white. We have like our not flattering headbands like to keep like the sun out of our eyes. And it's just, we look like your grandpa's desert road trip, you know? And they look like they're like models. They were not ready, right? They weren't ready. They brought like their SPF 25. They were like copper tone thinking they're gonna like get a bronze. Dudes were like lobsters. They weren't ready. Traveling in those days presented so many dangers. The sun would scorch you by night. The moon, you think, oh, finally, it's gonna be cold. No, it got so cold in the desert because there's nothing to keep the heat. So you'd freeze. And then you have all these hills, right? And there were robbers that would sit in the hills, these evil men who would say, you know what? What do you wanna do today, Ned? I don't know. What do you wanna do today, Fred? I have an idea. Why don't we go sit and wait for people to pass by so we can rob them of everything they have? (laughs) That sounds like a great idea. Thank you. Let's go right now. Traveling was so dangerous in these days. And so they would have to bring, yeah, the blankets and the tunics and all those other things. They would have to bring the, the water and they'd have to bring shade to keep them during the day. They'd have to travel in packs so that they wouldn't be susceptible to robbers. And so this guy, he's writing this song here. He says, you know what it's like having God, the creator, as my keeper who watches over me? It's like traveling on the road that is dangerous And yet you have the Lord who is so close to you that it's like you're in his shadow. It's like traveling through the desert on this road, but yet he's so near to you that it's like when you look down, you're you're literally in his shade. He's so near to you that like he's he's blocking the sun from you and in the cold, he's keeping his body. It's like the Lord is so near And though this road is dangerous, though there's evil, though there's dangers of of the day and dangers of the night, I feel secure. I feel secure. I can work with my right hand. I can go about my business. I can do all of these things because I know that he's protecting me. Students, the Lord's nearness keeps us from danger. The Lord's nearness keeps us from danger. One of the most fundamental things you can learn about God. If you're a Christian here, listen to this because this is your God. If you're not a Christian, if this is still really new to you, here is like God 101, okay? God is near to his people. God is not a pen pal God, okay? Hey, we're connected now, so if you need me, you can always write to me. I'm just a pen pal away. Just, if you need me, you know where you can find me. God is not a pen pal God. God's not a Facebook God either. You know how it is on Facebook. Are you friends? No, we're like on Facebook. 
Meaning like we're kind of connected. We're like, if you ever need me, you can message me if I accept your messenger, which is the dumbest app in the history of the world. Anybody hate messenger? Um, just put it in Facebook. Why do you have two? Oh, stop it, right? Stop it, stop it. God's not a Facebook God. Hey, we're kind of connected. So if you need me, you know, you can like poke me. <laughs> you can message me. Dude, the person who created the poke, I guarantee you doesn't work at Facebook anymore. They got fired. <laughs> you can throw sheep at, yeah, dude, they're fired too. God is not a Facebook God. God's not a pen pal God. The Bible says that God is so near to you that at any moment of the day when you're in school, in any moment of the day when you're feeling overwhelmed, in any moment of the day when you're experiencing temptation, in any moment of the day where you're being stressed out, in any moment of the day where you're fighting with your family, in any moment of the day where you feel like your, your life isn't even safe, when you don't even feel like yourself, in any moment of the day, he is so near to you that you can just whisper his name and picture and realize he's right here, Lord. And he's so close to you that he even hears your whispers. His nearness keeps us from danger. Who keeps you? Who's watching over you, students? Is it a God who's attentive and that doesn't sleep? Is it the God who is so near to you that he hears every word that comes out of your mouth and every word that doesn't? Who keeps you? Last verse here, our song comes to this crazy Crazy climax. <clears throat> Verse eight. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let me read that again. Let me read that again. I gotta do better than that. That was bad. That's not a good verse eight. <clears throat> <clears throat> the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Better? Do you hear that? Like, do you know... I'm not making that up. Like the, the reason I'm reading it that way is because there's a very important word here. It's will. This is the first time he switches with this word keep to future tense. This is a declaration of confidence, right? He's been talking to himself. He's been dropping these bars and spitting these rhymes, the whole verse. And then he comes to the end and it's like this crescendo of confidence. It's like this crescendo of security. And it's like the only way I can end it, the only way I can drop the mic is by telling you the way it is. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. He says, God is not tired and he's not fickle. Oh man, God is so securing. He's not like, he doesn't just watch over me today and make me wonder what's gonna happen tomorrow. The Lord's faithfulness keeps us forever. Maybe you feel secure right now. Maybe you go, man, this is Christmas. I feel happy. This is a good time. I feel safe. I feel near to God. I feel his awareness and closeness and faithfulness to me. And then you know what's gonna happen, students? A week from now, you're not gonna feel that. Oh, what? <laughs> it's like literally, this happens every single week. I talk to students who go, Sam, I need you to pray for me. Why? God, I just, I'm not as close to God as I was last week. And you guys, I, I don't mean to smile because it's a big deal, right? You feel that way, but get used to it because you have these moments where you go, man, I feel good. I should be like this forever. No, it's called life, right? Physiologically, you cannot maintain that level of excitement and emotion. But here's the good news. 
Even when you feel fickle, even when you feel up and down, even when you have that excitement that is like, I love Jesus and he's my best friend and I'm on fire. And then you have the next one where it's like, your buddy's like, dude, you come to youth group and you're like, I don't know, man. And then you feel even worse about yourself because you're like, why should I feel this way? Now I can't go. And it's like this vicious cycle. And then you miss for three months and then you're back and everybody's like, oh, I remember you. And you're like, awkward. They don't even like me here. And so then you don't come anymore. I wish I was making that up, right? Like we know that that's your story. We all do that. Not me, because I have to speak every week. So I'm here. <laughs> I have like perfect attendance. But you know what I'm saying? We go through these cycles of just going, man, I feel near to the Lord and then I don't. And then I feel I'm doing like, I'm doing like the, the Christian hokey pokey. I put my soul in. I put my soul out. I put my soul in. I shake it all about. I go to camp. I do the hokey pokey because that's what it's all about. Students, even in the most fickle times, the Lord is faithful. He's still watching over you. He still has you from this day forth and forevermore. When you graduate high school and you're in college and you go, man, I feel like I haven't read my Bible in a few days because I've been doing homework. You're in college. I get it. He's still watching over you. You graduate college and you get a job and you go, man, my job is just like taking up so much time. Like, am I, maybe I don't love God as much as I used to. He's still so near to you that even when you whisper his name, he's still right there. He's faithful. He's not going anywhere, students. And so who keeps you? Who keeps you? Does the one who keep you, is he the one who is aware of you and keeps you from falling? Does the thing that you look for, for protection in your life, is, it the, is he the one that is so near to you that he keeps you from danger? Is the thing that you are hanging the stability and security of your life on, is it someone who is faithful to you no matter how you're feeling? Is it faithful forever? Students, who keeps you? Who keeps you? We get to the end of our song, right? The end. Everybody? Give it up for the psalmist. He did good. He did good. That was a pretty good, that was track two. For those of you keeping track, that was track two, Psalm 121. That's the second track in that album. And as they finish the song, remember, we're journeying, right? We're journeying to Jerusalem. And so we've been on this journey. We're ascending up to Jerusalem. And here we go. We get to the top of the hill. We get to Jerusalem. And when we get to the top of the hill, when we come to see our keeper, when we come to see our Lord, when we come to see our God who is in Jerusalem, the one who made it all, when we ascend the hill and come to him, we find our Lord. But we realize, we realize, students, that our keeper is not in a temple. He's in a manger. And we realize the hope that they've been singing about and the hope that they've been climbing up to and the hope that they've been ascending, saying, my Lord, my Messiah, my God. He came to Jerusalem, not in a temple. He came in a manger. And we realize thousands of years after the psalmist penned these lyrics, as we look back, we realize that the answer to all of those questions, the answer to all of those insecurities and those doubts and those wonderings, the true hope to which all of those songs were being written about, 
They didn't have to ascend to find it because he descended and God, the creator, came to earth. He was born in a manger and he demonstrated his nearness, his attentiveness, his faithfulness to his people. And he invites you, put your trust in me. Put your trust in the one who will keep watch over your soul. And so this Christmas season, as we celebrate, as we sing, as we do all of these things, the question for you students is who keeps you? Who keeps you? What do you look forward to? What do you try to lean on to watch over you? What are you depending on? Is it a created thing or is it the creator? Who keeps you? And we learn from this Psalm that the only answer students is to put your faith in the Lord as your keeper. Surrender your desire to live your own way and follow Jesus Christ. He keeps over you. And we see this beautiful prayer at the end of the book of Jude. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Amen. Who keeps you? Merry Christmas. Thank you. We're gonna respond tonight. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do something different for the next few weeks, starting tonight. And so the band's gonna come, but we're gonna do some family time, okay? We're gonna do some family time. How many of you know that during a holiday, time doesn't work like normal, right? It's like most days, you're like, what time is it? But on a holiday, you never know what time it is. So you're just, you're just there and you be. So right now, we're gonna take some time and we're just gonna be, all right? And I want the people in the sound booth, put that clock down, right? The run right above you, the red clock, just tilt it down. We don't need that. Time is not gonna, time, it's, it's a holiday. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna play some music. We're gonna lower the lights and I'm gonna invite you over the next 10 minutes, you guys can go in waves. We have a couple tables in the back there and you could probably get, I don't know what, seven or eight people around the table at once. And we're just gonna take some time and write out our prayers. We're gonna pen our own songs, all right? Minus the beats though, it's just on paper, just the lyrics, all right? No beatboxing back there. And here's what you can write out. You can express who God is to you. Lord, you're my keeper. Lord, you are the one who keeps me safe. Father, you know, whatever that is, express, your, express who God is to you. Number two, you can write, what will you no longer trust in? Perhaps some of you during this Psalm, you go, you know what? I've really been trusting this to keep me. I've really been looking forward to him to keep me. I've really been looking forward to this to sustain me. Write that down. Lord, I will no longer trust in to keep me. Or maybe the third one, you can talk about, Lord, thank you. Just thank him. Thank God for how he's kept you. Does that make sense? So I want you guys to stand up right now. We're gonna sing. You can talk with your friends about your response, but at some point over the next 10 minutes, make your way back there and uh, we're gonna write on those papers your, your prayers. So.